0: morning. So I'm going to just jump straight into it because I've got a lot to say. Uh, So after 19 verses uh, in Jude, we now come to the point where, uh, well, Jude has been telling us all this time to be careful of of those who come into the church to shipwreck our faith and to lead us astray. And we come to the point where uh, uh, actually the best part of Jude, thank you. where Jude starts to uh, put what I consider handles on the cup. So he starts to apply apply what he's been saying all this time and, and, and starts to tell us how we can guard ourselves and how we can use the gifts of the Holy Spirit and each other and, and our faith to stop uh, a, any of this, uh, us going astray, basically. So let's jump straight into Jude. And I'm, I'm reading from uh, the Living Bible here. Jude 20 and 21. But you, dear friends, must build up your lives ever more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith. Learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. Stay always within the boundaries where God's love can reach and bless you. Wait patiently for the eternal life that our Lord Jesus Christ, in his mercy, is going to give you. So I love the the living trans uh, living um, Bible here because uh, uh, some of the the things it puts here is so eloquent, and uh, and I love the word that it's used the word foundation here uh, because th- that is actually so accurate that word because it's it's in the Greek the Greek word there means foundation, and uh, and I also love how. Um, it says that we should learn to pray in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. It's no coincidence that today is the day of Pentecost. <laughs> um, I, I think God has orchestrated this whole, whole line in Jude that we could end up and uh, bang on this day that today is the day of Pentecost. Uh, it's either God or, or Ant's been very clever. I'm not sure. <laughs> But um, if you, for those of you who don't know what the, what the day of Pentecost is, it's, uh, it's the day when the church was born. The Holy Spirit came down onto the church and it was born that day. They were, the, the disciples were in one room and, and what they saw what like tongues of fire come and hit each one of them, land on each one of them. And they were filled with the Spirit and they started to uh, speaking tongues and, uh, and worship God in different languages. Uh, and that's when the Holy Spirit came to the church. Um, so it, that you'll find that account in Acts 2. Uh, and I assume that, that they were uh, still praising God as they left the, the building because there were people in that region who were from all different nations and they heard them speaking in their native language. And the... Uh, uh, and they were they were like amazed because they could hear them praising God in in their different languages, though these people never knew the the languages. And uh, uh, Peter stood up. Well, they actually, they they thought some of them thought they were drunk because of they were praying in tongues and praising God. And Peter stood up amongst the tw- uh, the eleven, and said, uh, he said, these people are not drunk, as you suppose. But this was what spoken through the prophet Joel, that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days, and they will prophesy. And then he goes on to say, Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and knowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead Freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible, impossible for death to hold him. Wow. I love that bit. It was impossible for death to hold him. The author of life, the one who created the heavens and the earth the one who who set our life in motion, who set our world in motion, the one who created everything you ever see around you. It was impossible for death to hold him. Death's clammy little hands could not hold him. And God raised him from the dead. Wow, I love that bit. In the beginning, it says, was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and, and, and everything that has been created has been created by Him. That's in John. And in him was life and life of all, and that was the light of man. Jesus was life, and it was impossible to hold him. And uh, so I'm going to just go straight to the four points that I the four tools that I see that uh, Judas put down in these chapters. Uh, he says, build upon the foundation that has already been laid. Two, pray in the spirit, remain in God's love, and wait patiently for the eternal life that, that uh, Jesus will bring you. So foundations, the first point where Jude says, uh, in Corinthians, we hear that, that it says that, and you Sorry, and and no one can lay any real foundation than the one already laid, Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. Come to him, in Peter 2, it says, come to him, come to Christ, who is the living foundation of rock upon which God builds. And then in Acts 4, it says, Jesus is the stone the builders uh, rejected. But has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we can be saved. There is no other name, nor will there ever be. Don't even bother looking. Don't even try to find another route. Don't even try another, another way to God. Because he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one comes to God except through him. And Jesus is the way. You will never find another way. Uh, And so what am I saying? Am I saying that every other philosophy, every other route supposedly to God, every uh, every other religion, or any, every other uh, that faith that's, that claims they can bring you to God outside of Christ is false. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm not ashamed to say that. Jesus is the way, He's the truth, He is the life. He said Himself, No one comes to, to, God, to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the gate. Anyone who comes and enters through any other means except through this gate, except through me, is, a, is false, is a liar, is a cheat, is a murderer. and He comes to, to take away the sheep. Don't follow him. Jesus himself said that. Peter says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, And chosen by God, precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house. This is the foundation we are built upon. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never Be put to shame. Wow. And it says that the the stone that they stumble because they rejected Christ, the stone that that causes them to stumble and the one that makes them fall is Christ. And they stumble because they disobeyed the message that they were also destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal nation. Uh, a, holy, uh, uh, a holy priesthood, a, a God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of, his, out of darkness into his glorious light. Let me just stop there for a second and say that you are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen nation. God has chosen you. God has predestined you. God has put his spirit in you. God, God, God. Jesus Christ's blood runs through you. You are royalty. You are royalty. You are a chosen people. And uh, And Jude says that this is the foundation that we should build our lives upon. First of all, the first thing that we must build our lives upon, no other foundation, Jesus Christ. Is the foundation. Amen. Right, I'm going to move on quickly. So point two, pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It's, uh, it's actually very hard for me to, to, to speak about the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you, you've ever tried to speak about the Holy Spirit and focus only on Him because <laughs> the Spirit Himself will just start to guide you towards Jesus because that's His job. You say, oh, I'm going to speak about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, No, I don't want you to speak about me. I don't want you to speak about Jesus. So I'm trying to outline some things here. <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus, here we go, we're back on Jesus. So after Jesus has told his disciples that he would uh, he's gonna be crucified, that he's gonna leave them, they were must they were so distraught, they were so, they were so unhappy. Because imagine this, they've been with this amazing man of God, the son of God, for three years. They've walked with him. They've seen miracles. They've they've listened to his amazing uh, words, encouragement and and building up of of these disciples. They've eaten with him. They've sat with him. They've laughed with him. You know that Jesus laughed they laughed with him. They enjoyed Jesus. And he was the son of God walking on earth. And then he tells them, I'm going to leave. They must have been so distraught. But then Jesus says, you, it's actually, it's actually, don't be so unhappy. Because it's actually a good thing that I go. Because if I don't go, I cannot send the, the advocate, the Holy Spirit to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That's what he says. And I don't know about you, but if but me, if Jesus said that to me, i will say, no, Jesus, stay with us. Don't go. Or what would you prefer? I, I think every Christian would prefer that. I'd rather have Jesus walking and talking, maybe maybe put up in the spare room, part of the family, with than you. You know, if... I think if uh, if I got a choice now, who would be standing here preaching? I, I, if Jesus walked into the front and said, oh, "Can I have the mic?" I, you know, I think Matt would say, "Give him the mic," wouldn't he? But Jesus says it's actually advan- it's to your advantage that I go to your advantage, because Jesus says that having the Spirit of God living in each and uh, one of us living in inside of you is to your advantage he is your counselor he is your comforter he is your advocate he gives discernment he 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 helps you pray when you can't pray he reveals the mysteries of christ he re- re- reveals the mysteries of the word when we read it he 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 helps us in our worship. He protects us. He guides us in the right route, in the right way. This is this is um, this is what the Holy Spirit does. That's why Jesus thought it would be advantage. And the fact that every single believer will have the Holy Spirit living in them. He's even a guarantee of our inheritance. In Ephesians, it says, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Wow. Isn't that amazing? You have been sealed. God said, I'm going to seal them with the Holy Spirit, and no one is going to take them out of my hands. They are mine. I, my son bought them with a price and I'm going to seal them with the holy spirit to make sure that they never ever slip away from me they never ever slip away from me the holy spirit lives in each one of us so how how do we sharpen how do we sharpen our our, our the gifts of the spirit in us it says in Proverbs that iron sharpens iron, and so one person sharpens another. We are supposed to strengthen one another. We are supposed to, to pray and, and, uh, with one another. We are supposed to use the gifts of the Spirit uh, 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 one another. We have, we have been uh, born again of His Spirit, and, and He lives in us, and that Spirit has an outworking how's working through the spirit through encouragement through through prophecy through tongues through discernment through gifts of so many gifts of the Holy Spirit and the way we sharpen that those giftings we sharpen one another we encourage one another we pray with one another we show we we walk with one another we disciple one another that's how we that's how we, we sharpen those tools I was Born in a, uh, I was born again in a Pentecostal church. Would you believe it? <laughs> so today's the day of Pentecost. <laughs> I was born in a Pentecostal church, and the gifts of the Spirit in, in that church were critical to the life of the church because they were they edified, they built up, they, they strengthened the church, they strengthened the people. And this church has a long history of the gifts of the Spirit running through it. it has a long history. If you, if you hang around here long enough, you will realize that, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are operation in, in this place. They are here. Um, as you saw this morning, Helen stood up and, and gave some uh, insight into some ailments in, in the congregation. She, she gave a word of knowledge. That's what it's called. But the pr- prophetic gift runs deep in this church. And, and, and God wants us to, to, to build upon that, pray in the Spirit all times. Now, I have a practice, uh, and, I, I, and if, you've, uh, if you know me long enough and you come to me with an ailment and say, oh, my back hurts or my leg hurts or, or, or something like that, the practice I have is I will pray for you straight away. I won't wait until we go home, and I'll pray for you in my quiet time. I will lay hands on you right away and say, come on, let's pray. Let's get this let's get this scene to straight away. That's my practice. And I've I've started to try and do that while I'm outside as well. So if someone comes up to me and says, oh, John, I'm really feeling back or my leg or whatever. I go, well, let's pray about it. Let's pray. And they're like, a lot, a lot of people just step back and just go, what? But, you know, the British public is so polite. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. But after you pray for them, and God touches, touches them, and they're like, wow, oh. And they're testing it, and they're like, oh, my back doesn't hurt anymore. They have an encounter with the living God. The Spirit of God touches them, and they don't even realize But it it causes something in them to start to question. Maybe what this guy is telling us is real. So I encourage you to step out in the gifts uh, of of the Spirit. and Step out in in faith, really. In Ephesians, it says, pray in the Spirit all times and on every occasions. Sometimes we just need uh, just boldness, stepping out and uh and god, and jesus and sorry the holy spirit empowers our prayer life he he brings back to memory scriptures while you pray he he reminds you of of the power and authority that that, that god has given you he he reminds you That Jesus Christ has the name that is above every name. That over sickness, over disease, he has the name that is above every circumstance. That that Whatever you're going through, he reminds you of that. He reminds you that Jesus' name is above every name. And at that name, everything must bow. Every knee must bow. Whatever it is, whatever you're going through at the moment, Jesus is above it. His his name is above it. And also, if you don't know how to pray, if you don't know what to pray, that's where the gift of the Holy Spirit tongues comes into, praying in tongues. And, and And the Holy Spirit helps you in your weakness, and he helps you to pray. In Romans, it says, in the same way the Spirit helps our weakness, We don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. And I assume that that Paul is talking about the praying in tongues at that point. But he also says, I would like every one of you to pray in tongues, but I would rather you prophesy. Because the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets. So that the church may be edified. Like I said, this church has a powerful prophetic Gift running through it, and I encourage every one of you. And Jude is encouraging you here by saying, "Praying the Spirit to walk in to demonstrate these gifts." I was, you know, I used to be a carpenter before before I was a, a games designer. So I uh, I uh, I was a carpenter for eighteen years, and I know when I went to learn carpentry, I went to college and to get my sitting guilds. And the first thing they told us, the first thing they taught us was, wasn't how to make joints, wasn't how to, how to cut angles, wasn't even how to bang a nail in. The first thing they, they spent probably days trying to show us was how to sharpen our tools. And, and on, on the wall it said, it, it said, blunt tools are dangerous. And th- And that's true. If you get a blunt chisel and you try to pare off a piece of wood, you're having to put more force behind the chisel. And, you, and you're likely to slip and cut yourself. Or you're, you're likely to destroy whatever piece of beautiful furniture you're trying to make. So your tools need to be sharpened. And, uh, and that's why I, I, I've read that, that bit of scripture which says that we should sharpen one another. That's how we sharpen one another. We should encourage one another to, to walk in these, these things, to walk in the, the, the gifts of the Spirit and, and spend time. The more you spend time praying with one another, the more you realize, the more your tools get sharpened and the, more, and, and the easier it is for you to cut through that piece of wood. Right, what time is it? Right, I'm going to rush through. Point three, uh, remain in God's love. I love how the the Living Bible puts it. Stay always within the boundaries that God's love can reach and bless you. What does that mean? Well, in Romans 8, 29, it says, For those God foreknew, he, He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can stand against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring a charge against those God has chosen? Is is it it is God who justifies. He's the one who justifies. He's the one who's chosen you. Who then is the one who condemns? And it says here, no one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, was raised to life, is now at the right hand of God and he's interceding for us. Uh, I've got, I haven't got much time, but I'm going to stop there for a second. Do you know that Jesus' presence... Next to the Father. He is in heaven and he sits next to the Father. Just his presence there. Just the fact that Jesus sits, the Lamb of God who was slain and, was, and has risen to life and has bought you with a price, sits next to the Father. Just his presence there intercedes. Just his presence there intercedes. He's not pleading with the Father. He's not saying, oh God, uh, Father, please, please uh, forgive them. No the father looks next to him and he sees the son who has taken away every sin has his blood has paid for every every part of us he has bought us with a price and he says that is enough intercession that is it that is the intercession anyway uh, so where are we intercede for us who shall separate us from the love of christ Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sakes, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And then this verse. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And he says this, he says this wonderful thing. He says, for I am convinced, I am convinced, I know within my knowing, I know within my innermost being, without any shadow of a doubt, I am convinced that neither death nor life, even if you die or you live, neither angels nor demons, there is no power that can separate you neither the present nor the future, right now or whatever happens in your future, neither any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the boundary of God's love. This is what I'm trying to get to. This is the boundary that God has set. Stay within that boundary. Stay within the boundary of God's love. Nothing in all creation can separate you from it. That is the boundary that God himself has set. Wow. Do not let yourself be lied to. Do not let yourself be lied to. You you may be sitting here thinking, or, or watching this, thinking, does God really love me that much? Does God really love me that much? You may have gone through, through hell and back this year. You may have lost your job. You may have you you may have gone through sickness, you, depression. Lockdown has, has caused a lot of depression over a lot of people. You may you may be at a point in 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 your walk with your walk that you are that are so down and thinking, does God really love like? you? Even doubting that God exists, let alone loves you and cares for you. And I'm here, standing here, to tell you th- that there is no boundary to God's love. His love is, uh, is complete in you. That God loves you with all his heart. And I am dare to stand here after what you've been through this year and to tell you that. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because there is nothing that can separate you from that love. Nothing. Not even death. Paul says, if I, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Yes, I do. All right. So, uh, let's move to point four. (laughs) Now, point four says, wait patiently for the eternal life that God Christ Jesus Himself will give you. You know this world is coming to an end. We we haven't got much longer here. Uh, One day the one we are waiting for, our life will come. And and when we come, when he comes, where it says, when Christ appears, it says, When Christ appears, we will also appear with him in glory. When Christ appears, who is our life, it says, we will also appear with him in glory. You know, when I I, I wrote that sentence here in these notes, I was sitting in my my back studio in my garden writing this sermon. And when I wrote that line, the heavens opened up. And thunder and lightning, it was Wednesday. I don't know if you remember that storm. Thunder and lightning and hailstones, even heavy rain or beating on my studio, and I wrote those words that Jesus when he comes, and I just stopped and I thought to myself, Lord, are you coming now? <laughs> wow and I, I I stepped out into the porchway and it was thunder and lightning and i was and I, I just thought, wow, this. And then I I I said, I said, come, Lord Jesus. I said, come. I stood there on the porchway and I said, Come, come, Lord Jesus. I realized that my desire, the desire in my heart was to see him. The desire in my heart was for him to come back. And I just stood there on the porch. And I said, Come, come, Lord Jesus, come. And I thought to myself, I'm not even, I might not even get a chance to, to finish this sermon. <laughs> because when he comes, he will wipe away every tear. When he comes, there will be no more mourning. There will be no more evil. It, there will just be joy and love in his presence when he comes all this the, 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 the stuff of this world the evil of this world will be gone when he comes it's life eternal that he brings life eternal and we don't know he might come tomorrow he didn't come while I was, I was writing maybe he wanted me to preach this <laughs> but if, if that scares you If that scares you, if the thought that him him might come in tomorrow scares you, then I encourage you to get to know him more. Let him show you his love. Speak to him. Get to a place where he he, he ministers into your heart. Listen to him. Listen, because he wants so much to have a relationship with you. And if, you, if, you, if, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've, never, if you've never taken that step past that boundary into God's love, if you've never done that, then I encourage you to not leave this place. And if you're watching online, get in touch. Don't leave this place until you've, you've asked someone to pray with you. Don't, don't leave. We'll be happy to pray with you. we we'll would be happy to take you by the hand and lead you to see and to meet this wonderful Savior who gave himself for you, who gave his life for you. I think I've done it in half an hour. Right, so I'm going to just quickly go through these points. tell you, church, build your lives upon the foundation that has, uh, he has already laid. Jesus Christ is that foundation. Don't build your life on anything else. Don't be duped into going anywhere else. Learn to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Sharpen one another. Get round one another. Pray with one another. Sharpen each other's tools. Let's have some sharp tools as we move forward in God. Remain in the vast boundary of God's love. Don't ever step out of that. Don't ever step out of that vast boundary and wait patiently and longingly for Christ's return and his salvation and the the eternal life that we will have with him. Amen.